Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat. A podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. So welcome everybody to this uh, special guest episode of Leadership, the Future and Tea. And today I'm joined by uh, Mark Schaefer, who I'm absolutely delighted uh, could be with us today. And just to give a bit of an intro to Mark uh, before he says hello, uh, Mark is a globally recognised blogger, speaker, educator, consultant and author. And I've personally read several of his books and we're going to come back to that in a minute. He's also the co-host of The Marketing Companion. If, If you've not heard that podcast, then please go and listen to it as it's one of the top 10 marketing podcasts on iTunes. He's author of seven best-selling books, and uh, yeah, please go and enjoy those. And just fact of the day, he actually holds seven patents. Uh, Mark, welcome. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem at all. I've got to start on the seven patents. I just read that earlier on today. Just <laughs> tell us about one of those, please, before we start. Oh, it's uh, it's it's a long story. I'll try to make it very, very briefly. Uh <laughs> You know, I I used to be in marketing for a big uh, global company, and part of that role was I was in charge of R and D, new product development. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, long story short, we had customers who were interested in um, uh, like uh, aluminum cans that could change colors when they're wow. cold. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> yeah, and so that that's now the new that's the Coors can that we recognize in America, right. uh, where when the when the cans are blue, then you know that they're, that they're cold. So the, I've got s- several patents on different packaging techniques, work which are completely irrelevant to my life today, but was kind of fun at the time. <laughs> but how I, I how, love- do you, how do you stop yourself from saying that at a party? You know, when, you know, when someone picks up a can of that course, how do you go, hold on a minute, I've got a story to tell you. I usually tell the story. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. I like it. That's your party trick. That's that's a yeah. pretty cool party trick. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Mark, uh, we, as I say, I, I'm a big fan of yours, right? Uh, so this is this is for me a really strange and wonderful experience, right, to have you on the podcast. So I, I'm, I'm really keen to learn from you and your, your leadership experiences uh, with your marketing background as well. And that's the whole purpose of our podcast, right? We want to share knowledge and impart that to people. Uh, we firmly believe that leaders occur at all uh, levels throughout the organisation. And really, it's about attitude for people that makes them that that leader. So one of the questions we ask everybody is, who's your leadership role model and why? Uh, there's that would That's an easy one to answer. Um, one of my great heroes was um, the the great American author and consultant, Peter Drucker. Oh, uh, I, got, I got to study under Professor Drucker for, for three years uh, at the Claremont Graduate University wow. when I was getting my MBA. And that was really a life-changing experience. There's not a week that goes by that I don't hear his voice in my head. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Yeah, he definitely yeah. has that kind of an impact on people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, def- definitely. I, I mean, that that's truly uh, studying under one of the world's greats. And uh, I take my hat off to uh, Professor Drucker, you know, fantastic yeah. stuff that he's come out and with. A, and a very, and I, I'll add, he's a, he was a very kind man as well. Right. You know, okay. there was nothing ostentatious about him whatsoever. He was, you know, he was like a grandfather. He was just yeah. very accessible and very kind. And you would never know he was world famous and worked with the biggest companies in the world because uh you know he graded my papers <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> I, awesome. I, kept, 
I kept all my papers that were graded by, actually graded by Pete by Peter Drucker. Oh, listen, I'm I, I'm sure they're going to be worth a fortune at some point in the future. But it's uh, it's that keepsake, isn't it, that makes it worthwhile? Yeah, right. So, so I mean, working and studying under him, then I mean, what did what did you learn about the traits of leaders that you're really going to look for then in future when you're trying to point people? The, I I think the biggest lesson that that, that Dr. Drucker taught me and it was hard to escape this lesson if you were ever around him was this idea of of humility yeah uh and he would get very very angry um because uh the people who would be in these classes were you know they were it was a very competitive program to even get into this thing i was actually at the time the youngest person ever admitted to the program. So most wow. of the people in this program were like vice presidents, right? Wow. So they, 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 they've done everything. They've seen everything. They know everything. And he would teach by the case study method. And so we would dissect these problems. Yep. And, 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 and then, of course, the natural instinct of these experienced leaders was to solve the problem. And he would get so angry and he would say, what makes you believe that you're so gifted? How can you be so arrogant that these people who have been working in this company for 30 years, they can't figure out the problem, but you can. Your role is not to have all the right answers, is to ask the right questions. They're, they're, They're missing the questions. That's yeah. your goal. If they can just ask the right question, they'll get to the answer. And yeah. that's what your role is as a leader. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have every answer, but you've got to ask the right questions. And that has been a powerful impact on my leadership style and on my consulting style. Yeah. I never go in and tell people what to do. But if you ask the right questions, they'll find the answer on their own. Well, you know what, I we, I get out of bed every morning trying to learn one thing before I go back to bed at night, Mark, and uh, that's it right there. Okay, so oh, wow. um, if you want to be a great leader, then it's about asking the right questions, not knowing mm-hmm. all the answers. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. I absolutely love that. Yeah. It is funny how people have, and, I, and I'm not quite sure where it comes from, these, these preconceived ideas of what, uh, what leadership is. And it's often that um, having the answers being absolutely determined and and you know leading the change and being the the solid rock when when in effect especially in things like covid times you kind of need to be you need to be vulnerable and and open to work in collaboration with people to solve things which are we're in such uncertain times right it's ironic in some ways that you know, I think people think that if they if they just can show how smart they are that it's a sign of, of strength. Mm. But when you really, it, it takes a lot of courage actually to, to be humble and to, yeah. and to be patient and even to be vulnerable. I think yeah. vulnerability is a, a real key aspect of, of gaining trust. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's uh, such an important leadership trait. I agree with you. Ian, especially in these times of, of crisis, we need to meet people where they are. And I think those are the companies that are standing out right now who are yeah. sort of expressing true vulnerability, uh, who are acknowledging the pain and the suffering instead of some advertising script. And yeah. those are the companies that will remember on the other side. 
Yeah, Are you starting true. to see changes, Mark, in who you deal with in terms of that increased vulnerability as leaders? Or are you still seeing the very much old school trying to hide behind something? Andy, I think that is a fascinating question. I mean, look, from from a human perspective, uh, you know, this this the, the crisis that we're in right now is is so disturbing and unsettling. But from an yeah. from an academic perspective is absolutely fascinating to yeah. watch what's happening. And what many people have said is I, the, the last book I wrote was called Marketing Rebellion. And the subtitle was The Most Human Company Wins. Yeah, now, and, and, and I believe that with, with all my heart and every fiber in my body, that that is sort of the tone that we need to take with consumers today. We need yeah. to get off that script and we need to show this human voice. And, and, and some people have been telling me Mark, what you wrote about in your book is absolutely coming true yeah. in this yeah. pandemic. The pandemic is accelerating things, Agreed. It's amplifying yeah. things. And what we're seeing is the companies that don't know how to get off the script yeah. and they're following an advertising playbook are looking foolish. They're becoming memes, right? They're yeah, all true. These are yeah. the ones that are saying, oh, we're with you in these uncertain times, right? <laughs> that's that's the script. Now, the companies that are rolling up their sleeves and feeding people, yeah, or 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 you know dismissing their rent, yeah. or getting down in the trenches and making masks and serving hospital workers, sure. those are the ones that are going to become legendary in this yeah. time. Those are the ones that are going to create a long-lasting emotional connection because it's real and it's true and it's human. And this is an opportunity every person, every brand, every company has today is to mm. get off that script and really show what you're made of. What's the DNA of your company? What's the heart? What's the soul? You say you're, you care. Well, then go do something. Yeah, you know, absolutely. take. Take that marketing budget. You don't know what to say anyway. Uh, take that <laughs> marketing budget and go do yeah. something that's going to make you legendary. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That, that's fair. I, I read an interesting thing the other day, um, and it was a post from the CEO of LL Bean, and they basically turned part of their uh, warehousing into a distribution center for a food bank. That's fantastic. And, yeah. And, that's, and they're that's, not, and, you know, that's, that's just part of the DNA, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. That's authentic to the brand. They're not doing beautiful. it for PR spin. They're just, no, yeah, not. it's the right thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love to see stories like that. And I have a firm belief that out of this uh, pandemic, Mark, that um, what, what will come of this is when candidates go for a job at companies in future, that they're going to pitch up. And actually, when the interviewer says to them, OK, have you got any questions for me? Uh, they're going to say, yeah, how did you treat your employees and your customers during the pandemic? Yeah. And what, at that point. Exactly. Yeah, people are going to choose whether mm. they work for somebody based on this experience. How, how do you contribute yeah. to society, right? Tell me some yeah. examples of how you're contributing to society. Because that's that's a magnetic pull for, you know, the, the next generation of workforce. They're going to, and the generation now, they're going to want to know how you're contributing to society. Yeah, one of the things that I that I talk about in, in the book, which is it's one of my favorite uh, quotes from the book. I was talking to a fellow who was a, brand manager for for uh nike he's he's now wow. moved he's, he's 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 with adidas now or adidas <laughs> and uh so he he was talking about some promotions that he did for the world cup and he did these activations 
down in the neighborhoods, in the favelas of, of Sao Paulo. Wow. And he That's was incredible. saying, today, to be a successful company and a successful brand, you can't be in a community. You have yeah. to be of the community. Of the community. Yeah. Yeah. People, people only trust it if they see it. How are you impacting yeah. my life? So this gets to your point about yeah. the employees of the future. If they have some experience where, where they experience you firsthand, you, know, you are having a direct impact on something in their life, in their career, in their community, in their family. They're going to remember that, right? They're yeah. going to talk about that and they're going to seek you out uh, as an employer. So, yeah. so a, th a thought springs to mind, and it's just come out of nowhere. So it's not well, it's not well formed. But I was looking at the um, the en uh, the Endelman trust barometer, right? Yeah. Last twenty years, and right. and and kind of what they've done is they've gone. Uh, there's four entities. There's the government. Yeah. There's the organisations in the private sector. There's uh, NGOs, and there's the media. But it kind of feels like, and and I, and I read the abstract of your book about this idea of how much of the percentage of the marketplace marketeers can influence because you know there's this community it almost feels like because their latest report is there is no trust in any of those four original entities mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so it almost feels like they're going to have to start to think about this idea of of community well that's uh, you know i, I kind of got a chill down my spine when you said <laughs> that because i mean it's something i believe in 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 very strongly Ian, because when you know a lot of this traditional advertising and marketing, it's it's fading away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just think about again amplifying, accelerating trends. People are spending more and more time with streaming services like Netflix, yeah. Amazon Prime, Spotify, even maybe you know audiobooks or something like that. Yeah. There's no advertising. We're, we're watching more TV than ever and seeing less advertising than ever. We're listening to more music than ever, but we're hearing less advertising than ever. So that's one of the things that's being accelerated and amplified here. And at the end of the day, I really believe the last thing we're going to have left, one of the last things we're going to have left as corporations and organizations is this idea of belonging. Now, that is a that. big word in community. It's a big word that's fraught with a lot of emotion. And when I wrote about this in my book, I approached it very skeptically. You know, can you really feel like you belong to a, to a company or a brand? And I found that you can. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I, I found that people are hungry for it. Mm, yeah. You know, we're, we're in a world where people spend more and more time on social media and people feel more isolated, more alone, more depressed to the point where it's a health crisis. Yeah. Forget yeah, about yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, and, and one of my favorite uh, authors and marketers, Martin Lindstrom just put out an, an article that, that projects that we're creating right now we're conditioning a generation that's going to have post-traumatic stress syndrome mm, yeah. disorder disorder because we're, we've been fearful of so much for so long, week after week after week, that this is going to result in long-term implications for our employees, for our organizations, for our customers. We're going to have to be cognizant of this and yeah. connect in that way for a long time to come. And belonging 
and community yeah. is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, I love that. So I, I I'm, I'm going to ask you about Facebook next because you know the. the I, I know that you said recently <laughs> that you you have communities on Facebook that you probably get more out of than on some of your LinkedIn, Twitter, or other uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a, I have a friend and a, and a colleague who uh, he, he absolutely passionately believes and drives on uh, the local community where he serves um, to for various charitable means, and it's a it's a fantastic story that we'll tell in a different podcast, but. The, what you talked recently on your podcast about what Facebook has gone through in terms of um, the advertising, the the hate uh, speech yeah. and everything else. Sure. And, you know, what's actually in the news right now as we speak today is about actually the lowering of ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. OK, the millions of dollars that they're now not getting. But mm. it seems that actually, you know, Zuckerberg's is, is seeming this to be like a blip rather than a permanent sort of heading downwards. That's what's your right. take on it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a doozy, I think. Oh, I that's a doozy, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I I was I was I was literally aghast when I aghast but not surprised. Yeah. Zuckerberg's take on this because it's pure arrogance. Ah, I'm glad you agree. And, it is you know, yeah. I I and 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 what he's referring to is that the 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 vast majority of the revenue on Facebook is not big companies. Yeah. It's small to medium-sized companies. It's That's other right, sorts yeah. of organizations and nonprofits yeah. and universities and political campaigns. And, you know, big companies, it, it is a blip, okay? It is a blip. Yeah. So even if it goes away and stays away, it's still a blip, right? Yeah. But but the, the just the pure arrogance of that statement uh, just it reinforced to me that you know Facebook is really a company with no moral compass. It, okay. it, it, it's, it, it, it really has a problem at the top with the leadership. Uh, I think inv- eventually that's going to make that company implode. Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly what's gotten them called in front of congressional the antitrust, hearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it, yeah. lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. It's, and here's the simple the simple cause, because Facebook never does the right thing until they're caught. Never. Yeah, you can't build trust on. They're that, not right? proactive. And then this latest podcast episode, maybe it's the one you're referring to. You know, we revealed, and we didn't reveal it, but we discussed in a wonderful uh, uh, investigative report from the Wall Street Journal, where Facebook, their own research showed that. They their algorithms are contributing That's to awesome. hate and divisiveness, and mm-hmm. that that the the growth in in hate extremist hate groups yep. on Facebook was propelled by their own algorithms. Now exactly. they knew this years ago. They yep. put together a team to figure it out and combat this, and Zuckerberg ignored it. Amazing, Incredible. isn't it? Incredible. Amazing, and, uh, and and for everybody that's not listened to um, to, to to the podcast, uh, we're going to put some links in for Mark's podcast after this in the show notes. You'll Thank be able you. to go and listen to the uh, the episode that I've just listened to as well yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's the episode that we're referencing. It is about yeah. that report from Facebook, and I think you went on to talk about in the podcast that uh, there was a vice president that had got the report and everything, and and really not done a great deal with it. Um, so. Uh, 
Yeah, l l let's. let's oh, and the reason is because hate's good for business. Of course it is. It's because you know, it, it's like watching. It, it's watching like a, a bunch of bullies fighting on the playground, right? You yeah, don't yeah. really want to be part of the bullies, but you you, know, you you can't keep yourself from watching the fight. Yeah. And so people are spending more time on Facebook. That drives ad views. It drives time on site. So hate is good for business, and that's why Zuckerberg is reluctant to make these changes. And I, yeah. by the way, I don't dismiss the idea that this is a very complicated problem. I mean, oh, and yeah. it's not an easy one to solve, but I think the the thing that just makes me sick to my stomach is that Zuckerberg has just ignored it and denied the problem, even when his own people said there's a problem because, you know, like I said, he just doesn't do the right thing until he gets caught. Let's wait and see how that one pans out. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. Um, Ian, do you want to pick up about marketing? Yeah. Let's get so, let's get back to some core marketing for Mark for a minute. So, so well, what, one of the, just on that theme though, as we as we come back into into more of the pure pay marketing. But how do you see what what do you see as the most important attributes of leadership and how it should change post COVID? Because we're we're going to get through this, right? If, uh, in some form. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might want you might want to talk about your own personal experience there as well. Yeah, well, uh, we were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording that that I actually had the the virus. Uh, my my wife picked it up uh, on a ski trip and uh, came home and was feeling ill. And after she had a fever for five days in a row, we said, "Eh, better get tested." And indeed, she had the virus. Wow. Took her about uh, two and a half weeks to get through it, and then and then I got it, and um, I was sick for about three weeks um actually it was it was five weeks until i tested negative again wow but but it was about three weeks that i that i was really sick and had had you know noticeable symptoms and um you know i didn't i didn't have to go in the hospital so i would say um you know on on the scale it was it was probably moderate but uh, it was it was difficult. It really was. I'm it was sure. difficult yeah. because yeah, yeah. you know I had this constant pressure on my chest, and over several days it was getting worse. So you just imagine what is happening to my lungs right now. Yeah, what yeah, is going yeah. on? Yeah, I was yeah. I was suffering from uh, hypoxia. I wasn't getting enough oxygen yeah. to my brain, and so for a couple of weeks I couldn't read, couldn't write, oh. couldn't think, couldn't concentrate, which is now become you know one of the the symptoms that they but they what that they mm -hmm. look for uh but you know when i had it in uh it would be, would have been late march uh that sort of hypoxia and and oxygen uh shortage was not recognized at that point as as one of the symptoms midway through my sickness it was added to the list wow <laughs> that wow. that just shows how much they 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 don't know yet yeah. about it yeah so, you know, I got through it. I'm healthy now. I went back and, you know, once I was uh, negative, I was able to actually see a real doctor and, you know, my chest x-ray is fine. I'm out playing tennis and back to work. So that's I'm, so, I'm so great to hear. That's yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That's great news. Yeah. And going back to the question then, you know, in terms of whatever this looks like when it is all over, um, where do you think leadership's going to be? Well, you know, it, it's, the conversations we've we've had here where it I think it just accelerates where we needed to be you know in 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 the first place I, I think actually uh, 
you know, even some of the things we're seeing right now around uh, civil rights activism and, and the mm, protests, yeah. I think that's in some ways a, a function of, of, uh, of the acceleration that's happening with the, with the whole yeah. COVID thing, sure. where people are just amped up, they're hyped up, they've had enough, they're tired, they're depressed, yeah. and they've just had enough of everything. They've had enough yeah. of everything that's wrong. Yeah. And if you look at some of the dramatic things that are happening with a company's response, mm. come on, you should have done yeah. that years ago, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. And, yeah. and so I, I think it is going to drive a greater empathy, a great, truly greater humanity, not just lip service, you know, yeah. Yeah. But, but truly uh, under an, you know, an understanding and a, and a humanity that wasn't there before. And if you, if, if you don't take this opportunity to start moving in that uh, direction, I mean, you're just going to be a dinosaur. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're, you're really asking companies to seize the opportunity and make, become that human company that people actually want them to be. That's yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I won't, you know, I won't name the, the company, but you know, I was working with a company, uh, a big, you know, multinational company and, you know, they came out with this announcement and, you know, the CEO, you know, had this very formal setting and this script. And he said, you know, we're, you know, we're, and, and by the way, this is a company, the entire executive board is white and there's yeah, one female on the entire executive board of this global company. So, he, you know, he, he said, well... He said, you know, in response to all this, you know, all this attention around doing the right thing and and the the racial, you know, the activism, you know, we're making a commitment today to to double the number of uh, you know African American employees in our company. Now, to me, that just is just kind of tone deaf because it seems like the right thing, but that's something they should have done in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you look at the board and you say, that's the problem. Mm. Not, you know, you don't even have anybody on the board. And then even the term African-American isn't really the term that's being, you know, used today because there's a lot of people of color that may not have an African heritage. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I got that completely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, so it's, it's just like, to me, that's a company still following the script. It's not yeah. that is, there's no, that there's, there's no empathy. There's no feeling. There's no understanding. You're reading something that a lawyer put in front of you. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, well, and, just, and I think that, you know, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's a bad thing. Maybe yeah. it's the best that culture can do right now. And it is an evolution, but I mean, to me, a statement like that, you're, you're, you're so far behind. Yeah. Where you, where you where you need to be, you know, where's the where's the vulnerability? Here's what I want to hear him say. Wow, we have been so wrong. Look at our board. You know, we, I look around, wonder where where have we been in this world? Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm personally committed. This is what I'm going to do, you know. This is what I'm going to do as a as the leader of this company to move this company not just check a box and fill a quota. But I want to change the company, the culture 
of that company. This is what I'm responsible for. I'm going to change the culture of this company to be more understanding, more inclusive, and more fair to everyone. That's yeah. what I want to hear. And, and yeah. who, are no, you, wonderful. who are you seeing as exactly – so turning it around, e exemplars. What, who are you seeing right now in the way there are – you don't have to necessarily name names, but who are the exemplars and what are, what are the kind of key things that they're doing that is, that is really making that difference oh, you yeah. see Great online? Question. Well, one of, one of the things that sort of a, a clue I, I look for, uh, Ian, is that the best run companies tend to do everything well. Mm. You know, so I always start to look there first. So if you think about, you know, what are the companies who are continually outperforming their competitors who yeah. are, you know, their stock price continues to, to go up and yeah. – who who have a good reputation to be a good employer, yeah. Uh, that are doing the right things with the environment. I I tend to go to those places first, and you could almost predict they're going to be ahead of the pack. You know, they're yeah. going to be the ones who are really sensitive to what's going on and responding. I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing from small businesses right now, mm, because yeah. you know small businesses. They don't have to go through all the protocol, all the yeah. legal approvals, right? They don't have to go through all that stuff. The The owner is the culture. Yeah, the owner yeah. is the company. And so you switch yeah. and you switch and you switch and you respond and you get out in the community and you show yourself and, and you know, you, you, you do the right thing and you express your empathy and your compassion and your humanity and those are the companies that I think are really setting the pace right now because, yeah. you know, these, 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 you know, Titans, uh, you know, in the fortune 500, I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, they're, it's, I'm, I'm not seeing it with a, with a lot of the biggest companies. So I, I think that this is the golden opportunity. Again, I'm going to go back to these words that those small companies, especially the ones that you're talking about, are probably doing things right anyway, uh, are probably more fleet of foot and able to actually change their approach, their leadership style, their more human approach to how people work in the future. My passionate belief is that they now have a massive opportunity that otherwise they wouldn't have had. And it's down to those leaders to, to say, right, OK, I'm going to seize this opportunity. And it's our chance to get a piece of the pie that the big boys probably wouldn't have allowed us to get before. 100% agree. 100% agree. Ace. Ace. That's good. Uh, I like I'm glad that we agree on that. That's good. So I, I'm going to go back to um, to online stuff now. And I want to talk about Twitter and LinkedIn as two massive behemoths uh, mm -hmm. of those two companies that we're talking about there that possibly actually need to do things differently um what what do you reckon is 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 the upcoming thing that we need to look out for online is there something that another platform another app that there's a bit of tech there that people really need to look and say actually this is where the future lies well there's a there's a lot i mean there's there's a lot to consider i think you know off the top of my head i think there's there's three big trends i would look at okay Number one is going to be new laws and regulations that are going to happen after the next presidential election. Right. So yep. every every candidate, even opposing candidates, have agreed that something's got to be done around 
social media and the monopolistic behaviors yeah, of yeah. you know yeah. the five, the five big tech companies. So I think yeah. you know starting sometime next year there's there I think there could be some significant changes and and shifts. Wow. Yep. I think an, a, another thing to watch is that Apple is really taking the lead around privacy and security. And they've made some announcements just in the last week that could really impact how people go to go to market online and how yep. they do advertising online. Now, we've always found ways to shift and adjust. Yep. And I think that's also uh, a really uh, important trend is to kind of see, um, you know, that's going to, you know, that's going to, you know, continue. And we're going to have to continue to, to shift and adjust because that's what our consumers want. Sure. That's part of this marketing rebellion I talk about in my book and yep. what I've sh shown through history that every time consumers rebel against companies, they always win. And so we've got to listen to what's going on and realize yeah. we, we can't hold on to what we want. We have to recognize what is yeah. and, and get ahead of the curve. The third thing I would say is that social media is tending to stratify by demographic. Okay. So the only group that's really growing on Facebook is 55 and over. <laughs> Everybody sort of loves Instagram and YouTube. And if you're 30 to 18, you probably love Snapchat. That's where you spend all yep. your time. And if you're yep. under 18, you're probably migrating now to TikTok. Yeah. So, so, and if you think about the main social media platforms, there has not been a tremendous amount of change in the last 10 years, let's say, you know, other yep. than, you know, Snapchat and TikTok have come in and Google plus went away. And that's been about it. Now, I would say that the next generation coming up behind Gen Z, they're going to look at their older brothers and sisters and say, ah, they're on TikTok. We got to find something yeah. else, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the identity, next, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, about, it's more about identity than technology. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be the point of differentiation for social media in, in, in the future. I mean, the reason that Google Plus failed is because people really only have a bandwidth for one type of social media platform. Yeah, that's if true. someone says, I'm going to be the next Twitter, run away. We already have a Twitter. Yeah. It works just fine. And what Google Plus was saying is we're going to be the next Facebook. We're going to be better than Facebook. And you just can't do that. They didn't have enough technology. They didn't have enough points of differentiation. They didn't have enough IP to really and their and their marketing of it was horrendous and so it was it was sort of destined to fail i was probably the only blogger in the world that you know everybody was geeking out over google plus so much the day google plus was launched <laughs> i wrote a blog post that said it's not going to work and here's <laughs> why and i was exactly right I, you know i was exactly right I'm going, I'm going to show how sad I can be, right? Because I remember that as well. And and the one thing I I ended up having five connections, right? The one thing I <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I'm embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> I'm amongst friends, right? But I like the concept they had there about the circles. Do you remember how yeah. they had those? Yep. I thought stratifying those those circles yeah, yeah. was I I like that. And you know what that is today? Facebook yeah. groups. Yeah. 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 True. true. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. They, they, they didn't do anything that Facebook couldn't copy. Yeah. yeah, that was the big problem. I mean, the number, the 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 person who had the most followers on Google Plus was Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> wow, he was the number that's one beautiful. user of Google that's Plus. Yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? Really, I've got, is. I've, I've got a random question for you that I've just just sprung into my head while we've been talking. <laughs> and, and and you might say you don't need to change anything, but if you had the opportunity to go into a premium educational establishment that were that, that generated the next round of CMOs. What would you tell them that they need to think about changing in their course or do they just keep it exactly the same to, to get the right marketeers of the future? That that's really a, a great a great question. It's it's one I'm very passionate about because I am an educator. Yeah. And I, I've for the last 11 years, I've taught in the graduate program at uh, Rutgers University in the New York area yeah. and a really wonderful program there. The, the, you know, and I also do a lot of guest lecturing at universities because a lot of my books are actually used as textbooks. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. In some ways, it's like the ultimate compliment. And the, the reason I'm proud of that is because there, it's not a textbook. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's practical and it's the real world. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I got into a discussion the other day about somebody who wanted my help. They said, I'm creating a textbook. I said, what is a textbook? <laughs> what is it? It's something that's overpriced and has out-of-date information. That's oh, wonderful. Uh, you know, why don't we use, why don't we assign blog posts instead of textbooks? That's brilliant. Well, yeah. you know, the biggest, here's the biggest issue in, in marketing education by far. And it's, it's this, that the, the, the leaders in most programs are completely out of touch with reality. Sure. And I mean, I think I can say this with authority and maybe more authority than, than almost anyone, because I go to so many universities and mm -hmm. meet so many of these educators and they're just out of touch. You know, maybe they cut their teeth in the business world 10 years yep. ago or 15 years ago. Yep. They're not really being encouraged in the university yeah, to yeah. participate in social media, to yeah. build a personal brand, to create yep. online content. Yeah. And you only know that stuff by doing that stuff. Correct. Yeah. And so it's it's shocking. I mean, it's absolutely shocking. You know, I I, I was at a university, a big university in the Midwest, uh, maybe a year and a half ago and uh the this professor came up you know she was maybe you know mid 40s i would say and i gave a talk to a big room of people and she said you know mark I've, I've 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 never really gotten into social media now she's a marketing professor yeah yeah i've never really gotten in the in the in the, in the social media do you think i should oh and i said well <laughs> you know it's just it, i said it's just a matter of is relevance important to you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, I want to tell you that there are still major universities in America that do not have a single digital marketing course. Wow. Wow. Well, wow. well, there's, a, there's an amazing thought, right? Okay. So um, if you are at one of those universities, maybe you want to reach out to Mark and have a discussion about this because I'm sure it's something he could talk quite eloquently well, about. That I'm gonna, and, and the difference is with Rutgers, they're using practitioners in yeah. their program. No, I get that. I yeah. Get that. yeah. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. 
Well, I, I, I went up to, a, 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 well, one of the probably top five universities in the UK uh, last year and went and did uh, some guest lectures up there for one of my great friends. Uh, and let me tell you, her approach as a professor uh, was was very simple, that she wanted to get in people like me with real life experience yeah. um, to come and actually talk. And, and bearing in mind, you know, uh, she's she's an amazing character herself she, she's done lots of stuff outside of being a consultant so i think that that is a, a real way forward for a lot of people but i've got i've got two more questions for you though right because we're okay. very much at the end of time now oh, okay yeah, so the yeah. first the first question um is what is your leadership legacy going to be mark <laughs> nice. oh wow oh boy that's that's hard to to I'm going to answer that in a, in a little bit of a roundabout way. When the when the pandemic hit, I was very disoriented. Yeah. Because I lost all of my business in a period of three days. Wow. And uh, it's 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 percolating back, thank goodness. But it's like I was a teacher without classes, and a consultant without customers, and a professional speaker without an audience. And where do I fit in this world? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, so to answer your question, I actually sort of recently reflected on this and realized that I'm a teacher in everything that I do, you know, whether yeah. it's my blog or my podcast yeah, or correct. my book or a speech. And what I realized is that the world just needs me to teach something new right now. Brilliant. So I think my legacy will be, you know, Mark Schaefer is a person who was just very generous. He held nothing back. He gave his best ideas. And most important, you know, he contributed original insights that that helped our profession grow. Awesome. What a fantastic legacy that's going to be, my friend. Uh, that's amazing. So the next, and it is the last question, okay, is we always ask our guests and uh, each other on podcasts, what are the resources that you'd like to leave us with? Now, I know that we've talked and mentioned about your book, so can you give us some of the books that you want us to go and look at? Sure. Um, you know, well, uh, you know, uh, actually, I, I, I briefly mentioned this book that I wrote uh, called known. And, uh, I wrote it a few years ago about how to build your, there you go. There you go. That's the one to build the personal brand in, 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 in the digital age. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a salesy person, but when you ask the question about legacy, that book right now, well, I, I think stands as my greatest contribution to the business world, because every week someone sends me a note and said, said this changed my life. Now you're lucky to hear that once in your, you're, you're, yeah. you're, oh, thank you. You're, you're lucky to hear that once in your life. And I hear that every week that wow. that book changed someone's life or changed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Now, my, you know, the other book I think Mark, is. Mark, can I just jump in there? Because sure. I, I, I just want to endorse that, right? And I, yeah. I wrote to you on LinkedIn, and it's how we actually got connected about, I don't know, a year or so ago when I first yeah. got given the book, probably yeah. two years ago. And, uh, and for me, it was a life changer. I read it. And, you know, I take my time normally reading books, but I read this thing within about 36 hours of getting it. I was absolutely yeah. hooked on it, right? It was yeah, yeah, a lot of people have that experience. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to put it down. And there were so many things, so many things that it gave me. Um, yeah. And and it's the, and, and the, the biggest word I'd say actually is about confidence. Okay, yeah. confidence on social media especially. And I still, to this day, love the thing about uh, getting the negative comments from people where mm -hmm. where you talk about that and you said that you know you'd got your hundred thousand comments or whatever and you only yeah. deleted nine of them yeah um, 
uh, listen, it's, it's it's inspirational. So anybody that's listening, and I've referenced this book time and time right. again. Yeah. yeah, and I think you're just reinforcing that. I mean, that is the feeling of everybody that reads. Yep. Well, everybody I know of anyway yeah. that, that's read this book is they say, okay, I get it now. I can do Correct. this. And it's, it's, it's fun to read and it's inspirational. Yep. It is. And, um, and the other thing that I'm passionate about is, look, we're going to have a shakeout in this pandemic. It's going to yeah. be really competitive. Yeah. Please, if this is the right time for you, read this book and do it because, you know, that's going to yeah. keep the doors open for you, you know, on the other side. Um, the other book yeah. is Marketing Rebellion. Thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my newer book that is really sort of a wake-up call for business and marketing. And the idea behind this book is that our technology enabled always on customers have sort of taken a quantum leap away from where we are as marketers and, yeah. and companies. We've talked a lot about that in this in this episode today. And the wake up call is what do we do about it? The yeah, customer yeah. is in charge. Yeah. The customer is the marketer. Uh, Two thirds of our marketing is occurring without us. How do we get invited to those conversations? Sure. It requires an entirely new mindset uh, toward marketing and I think we just don't have a choice. We have to understand these changes. And this isn't Mark Schaefer's opinion of the world. This is research. This is data, yeah, you know, right. from Deloitte yeah. and McKinsey and Harvard. Yeah. And, you know, it's like millions of dollars worth of research yeah. kind of put into this book and said, and my contribution is here's the implication. And this is what we need to do because this is what's going to be next. And uh, so I'm 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 very proud of that book too. It's 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 been a it actually hit actually hit uh, number one on Amazon for marketing and advertising. Uh, I guess it was late last year. That's amazing. And, and, and listeners, I bought it today, and that yeah. is my read for this weekend. There awesome. You well, you have to let me know what you think. I will. Oh, we will. Sir. We will. Don't worry. We'll do the review on Amazon for you as well. Um, Thank you. So, so listen, we're, we're right at the end there, Mark, and uh, I just want to say a massive thank you for taking the time out. Yes. We're going to post all the links to your podcast and the books in the show notes. Um, but thanks very much for your time today. Um, and we, we really appreciate this. Well, Never thank know. You. It's, it's, it's been one of the most fun interviews ever. And I appreciate you so oh, much. Thank for you. Really. Doing, I mean, for doing to, for doing the work and coming up with a bunch of questions i've never had before <laughs> yay there you go that's the spirit yeah well, well mark um you, you just give us a shout okay when you've got your next book out we'd love to have you back so you can come oh, and tell I'd us love about, to. about more yeah. more thought leadership more inspirational sure. stuff yeah. um but hey listen let's wrap up there and i really want to thank all the listeners please um please listen again i'm going to sit here and listen to it a few times i'm really excited by this one uh please do subscribe and uh, come and listen to the future podcasts but for now uh, thanks to mark schaefer thanks to ian moffitt that's leadership the future and tea with our special guest mark schaefer thank you very much thank you andy thank you mark thank you all the listeners bye for now thanks for listening please subscribe through apple podcasts google podcasts or spotify so we can continue to reach more people and spread the message